It's time for the morning brief. Preet Banerjee, personal finance commentator, is here. Nice to have you, sir. Good morning, sir. Let's start with the big talker of the day, and that would be a judge saying that the feds did not have uh, reason to impose the Emergencies Act. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this is interpreted. It's very important, I think, to set the guardrails for any future consideration of the Emergencies Act. But I would wager the average Canadian was perfectly happy that it was invoked so that that protest could be broken up. Yeah, 100%. You know, I think there was a, uh, a professor of criminology at the University of Ottawa who I think sum summed up very well in that he said, you know, last year's public inquiry, which is not binding in any way, but it basically said the failure of local law enforcement to act and use the powers that they had justified the federal government stepping in with using the Emergencies Act. But this court decision now says the failure to use the powers that are available by local law enforcement is in and of itself not a reason to invoke the Emergencies Act. But I think a lot of people would say, okay, well, the next time then something like this happens, if it does happen again, and local law enforcement again doesn't step up and do what they're legally allowed to do, then how would you deal it with it? And I think a lot of people would say, yeah, I would want someone to do something, but it seems like the mechanism by which they do it is open to interpretation. It's interesting because a lot of people are crowing or have been crowing in the wake of this decision as if this somehow valorizes and celebrates the convoy protest. I would imagine Canadians are still as irked by the convoy protests as they were before. Yeah, I think the vast majority of public opinion is on side with having what happened stopped. Eventually, it dragged on way too long. And I think for the people who lived in Ottawa and lived through that, they're like, what are you talking about? Of course, that was justified to do this. And again, though, this, this decision by the court is going to be interpreted depending on how you sort of view the whole thing in the first place. So I feel like I'm kind of cribbing from a Tintin book or something when I read that school boards are moving their PA days because of a solar <laughs> eclipse. But the reasoning apparently is that they would prefer not to release a bunch of kids to the outside during the time of the eclipse because what if they look up at it and end up going blind? Well, yeah, listen, on the surface, it seems like a reasonable thing to do. Although I do remember as a kid, there was a partial solar eclipse. I don't even know if it actually came anywhere near us. But uh, the week leading up to it, all the teachers and adults were saying, don't look at the sun, don't look at the sun. And what did we do? All we did was look up into the sky. <laughs> so uh, being home and not in a group may have additional benefits because if just one kid looks up, it'll be like dominoes falling. So I think it makes sense. And it's very rare that you have a full solar eclipse coming anywhere near you. So this is a pretty rare event. Yeah, apparently this is like going to be the last one in our lifetime. And uh, if you want to view it, uh, Preet, I mean, I appreciate you're on the other side of the pond, but um, the uh, <laughs> better location would be to go to Niagara Falls if you really, really do want to take it in. Okay. Uh, listen, other stories this morning, the kindergarten curriculum being overhauled, and I haven't read through the full curriculum yet. My only worry here, and it's going to be interesting, we'll talk to the former education minister this morning, Kathleen Wynne at 9.20, but there are things like they want to teach kids fractions in kindergarten. Well, I think we learned fractions in grade two, and that is a relatively easy thing in grade two. If you start trying to teach fractions in kindergarten, it, it may not just, it may not take. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how you're going to teach them about fractions. Maybe they don't even use, you know, 
pen and paper, you know, if they still do that, but uh, apparently they'll be using like, you know, different toys or objects that can be divided in one eye and it gets them thinking about how things can be divisible. So I, I'm fine with that. The thing that kind of stood out to me was there's maybe enhanced focus on cursive writing. And it made me wonder, uh, first, you know, is anyone who's going to kindergarten today ever actually going to use cursive writing or are the benefits more about developing hand-eye coordination? But beyond that, at some point in history, someone must have said, hey, do you think we should phase out teaching people how to chisel into stone tablets, right? But were there holdouts for that too? I don't know. So we'll see if we're going to keep on using cursive. It is funny because I have not used cursive in years. And as a matter of fact, I've deliberately, deliberately bad handwriting because I always wanted to prepare for interviews and have notes in front of me that the person I'm interviewing can't read. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about deep fake videos, and we were talking about them on the show yesterday, and we were talking about deep fake as well because there was this robocall that was supposed to be from Joe Biden, and it was a complete nutter invention telling people not to go to the polls yesterday in New Hampshire. But let's listen in to your video, which I was watching just before the show. Every second of video you've seen with my likeness, and every voice you've heard on this entire video was AI generated from beginning to end. Let me be clear, I did not record these videos. Every single pixel and frame is fake. Cette technologie peut être utilisée pour prendre n'importe quel message et le convertir de manière transparente dans au moins 25 langues différentes. Das okay. Potenzial dieser Technologie. <laughs> First of all, Preet, do you actually speak French? Uh, not fluently. And okay. I don't speak German. I don't speak Hindi. I don't speak Japanese. And those were all clips that I put into that, that video to show just how good this technology is. I need to understand how that sort of thing is generated. I mean, do you input a text and then it generates video and audio of you talking? Yeah, that's as easy as it uh, as it is. Uh, you simply type in the text that you want me to say, <laughs> and uh, it will generate a video, including every single pixel, shoulder shrugs, blinking, everything. So you train it initially, and the training material is just, you give it a clip of 30 seconds of you talking into a camera, and then it does the rest, and you can make it say anything you want in virtually any language. Okay, that's a little worrisome. I mean, I looked at the video, and I thought, you know, there's Preet. Preet's talking. That's Preet. Uh, that's his face. That's his mouth. That's uh, and yet it was all completely generated. Now this is kind of a benign demonstration of AI, but we could do some pretty awful stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And my focus really has been on, you know, making sure that people are aware of just how good scams are going to get from here. And we know that scams have a certain level of effectiveness now, but it's exploding in how effective and efficient that they are. And it's going to be a technological arms race because, you know, if you think about the financial system, it's basically built on confidence. And so fraud prevention investment is going to have to increase to maintain that confidence as these generative AI technologies continue to grow. Um, there's a lot of fraud prevention already, but it's going to, you know, go step into high year. And one last story here, Donald Trump triumphing last night, not particularly surprisingly, but I think it just sort of hammers home the fact that he is on course to become the Republican nominee and potentially to get back to the White House, which is kind of mind boggling when you consider what a complete and utter disaster everything was the last time he was president. 
Yeah, and I think it, it does seem more and more likely that, you know, he's going to be the candidate. Um, we have uh, another election and probably means another um, election that is contested. Um, it's definitely not going to be boring. But it also, I think, you know, a lot of people are going to, again, focus on the person. But I think of it more in terms of how many people have to vote, you know, with someone who's basically said, if I come back, I'm going to make sure that everything I do is not illegal. They're basically saying, we're going to do a bunch of illegal stuff and how many people seem to be okay with that yeah it just seems there are an awful lot of people these days who are very highly motivated first of all by a false impression of those four years of trump being the glory days but also if it makes liberals angry they're very happy Right. And so are you sort of biting off your nose to spite your face? You know, is it actually doing your country a good thing if that is your goal? Should it not be just the betterment of the country? And I think that has gotten lost. Thanks a lot for this. Good to have you. Thank you, John. That's Preet Banerjee, the real Preet Banerjee, not the AI Preet Banerjee. But um, we're going to put that video up so you can take a look at it.